Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. Joined with Guile. Hey, this is Guile. I tweet at Bart at uh, Boar. <laughs> Boar podcast. <laughs> Door podcast. Sometimes it's boring. <laughs> Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be discussing Bran's seventh and final chapter in A Game of Thrones in this episode. Uh, trigger warnings for rape and violence and any of the usual subjects we talk about. Uh, Bran is watching the new recruits train in the courtyard of Winterfell while Master Meister Lewin um, uses his mirish telescope, the best of what it sounds like, the description, uh, to study the comet in the morning sky. <laughs> uh, Bran comments that they don't fight very well and Lewin agrees and you know, he says they must trust that Roger can chain them since his father, you know, we get an indication here of what's going on, but his father sent, has all the best guards with him in King's Landing. You know, they don't know yet that they're gone, but, um, you know, it, Bran states that if he had his legs, he could beat them all. And he's kind of, you know, understandably thinking resentfully, you know, he's remembering the last time he trained in the courtyard and, um, you know... He he actually makes kind of interesting suggestion like not for Hodor, but <laughs> says that Roger- dude, I know what you're gonna. Yeah, I, <laughs> right? I thought it was really interesting too. Yeah, yeah, they use the pole axe, and then Hodor could be his legs. Yeah, I mean, it's he's thinking creatively. I mean, <laughs> well, but then then Lewin is like, well, you would need, you know, you the the hands and the legs have to act uh-huh. together, and I was like, oh shit, this is such foreshadowing of him. Working incredible foreshadowing. Yes, yeah, fighting. Yes, yeah. And I mean, you know, Lewin's kind of our like. He's the, you know, he's the realistic guy here. He's like the poo-pooer, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) He's like he's like the the what is it a Scully to the Molder. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like literally the nicest thing anyone has ever said about him. Brad points out that old Nan had told him stories um, that, you know, there was a knight that couldn't see. And Lewin reminds him, okay, Simeon Star Eyes is just a fable. You know, it sounds kind of creepy cool. Like, he put these, like, jewels in his eyes. And, you know, Brad's kind of describing it. And he fought. and But he's like, no, you know, this is just a, just a little fable. And, you know. You know, like, <laughs> George is such a Marvel fan. Is that, like, a tribute to Daredevil? Is that what oh. that was? I don't even know. I don't know. It sounded cool. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'd like to see the illustration of it. Uh, <laughs> it said, um, so Mr. Lewin says, you must put these dreams aside. They will only break your heart. Um, that sort of spurs Bran to remember that he dreamed of a crow. And he's thinking about this crow flight into his bedchamber. And he's telling, you know, Lewin, it's still continues to be the same thing. He's kind of, oh, no, that's not, you know, nothing's going on. Everything's fine. And he tells him that he, in the dream, went down to the crypt. Um, he saw his father there and he was looking sad and something, you know, he's sort of articulating something about John. He can't remember what he said, but he was just telling him something about John. Um, he tried to get Hodor to take him down and Hodor wasn't having any of that. He was like, no. Um, he, um, 
absolutely refuse. So, um, Bran shares that um, this is kind of shares that he almost hit him, and Lewin's like, you know, he's a man, he's not your mule. Um, More foreshadowing. Yeah. God, and it just, you know, and we get these little. I mean, I guess, yeah, it's it's. I understand his frustration, but it's like it's it's difficult to hear how he, you know, still even the start of how he's treating Hodor, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's just a horrible situation. for him and for Hodor. Um, Bran insists he wants to go down to the crypts and Lewin finds Osha um, and she agrees to take Bran down with them. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody has any more comments about that section. It's kind of... Uh, well, it's fucking creepy, this thing of <laughs> Ned's ghost basically appearing. I mean, you get the impression with Bran that this is, you know, clearly, you know, he's, he's, he's being influenced by Bloodraven, but God, it's fucking creepy that he sees Ned in these crypts. Yeah, I mean, that's some really serious... And you get the impression... You know you have those dreams that are just super... It, you get the impression this was like a super vivid, like, realistic dream he's having here, not just like... Yeah, just, he's uh, so bothered he wants to go down there. That's not a typical dream. I just think of Bloodraven, like, breaking into the bedrooms of little boys, and, like, one of these times it's going to be, like, Chris Hansen waiting there for him. <laughs> You know, getting kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is fucking creepy. I mean, you know, Bran's what seven? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He's little. Gosh. Um. Yeah, and that's why this sort of leads into that he's so little. I forgot because it, they mentioned that Osha didn't carry him on her back. She she carried him in her arms, and he says he didn't mind. You think he doesn't mind? Um. This must be so light. Um. Uh. Lewin carries the torch and. Summer's following along. Um, they get down to the crypts, um, and S- Summer kind of like bares his teeth and creeps back. And Osha, you know, comments that the statues look grim. So we kind of get this like, it's, you know, scary. <laughs> Dark and scary. Um, and Meister Lewin explains that um, these, all these statues that were the kings of the north and for thousands of years. And uh, he sort of gives. Bran a chance to like recall his history lessons and Bran kind of liked that part yeah Yeah, it was yeah I kind of skimmed over that but wasn't that kind of cool like I mean we get like a lot of you know like the the one that sailed like he sailed the sunset sea and was missing and then his son in grief like burned off ships which is stupid but you know (laughs) there's always that guy yeah, you get the sense of like, I mean, it's just a, like to think back having that, you know, just history behind you, like a note, like, like so much, like important a, things, a thousand this, years, yeah, you know, yeah, wild, you know, um, well, just, you know, if we think, you know, of like the British royal family yeah, or something, like to be able yeah. to trace yourself, you know, back to, you know, back however far, like that's the Starks, like that's the, you know, like that's the level they are in terms of this. Yeah, and I was just, you know, it's just vast. You know, you sort of see it, uh, how the show portrayed it. it. didn't seem that, but this seems like so, but you know what I mean? They just drive yeah. like cavernous, you know? Um, uh, so where were they? Okay, so he, he's pointing out the statues. John, Rickard, Theon, Torrance, Stark. You know, he's listing and describing them, and um, they get to the end. Um, and the last few statues... Or, which is different because he says, you know, they usually only lords and kings get statues, but the last few have include both um, Brandon and Lyanna. And, he, you know, he tells her that that's his father's brother and sister. Um, 
then he loved them so much that he had them made, you know, to kind of break tradition. But, you know, he gives, and he gives the short version of what happened with, you know, Lyanna was kidnapped and that started the war and, you know, Robert killed Rager and, yeah, we get the, like... The cliff notes yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, Master Lewin sticks his hand into Ned's tooth. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I would... Okay, even... I know he's trying to show him, but, like, I just... I don't know. I don't uh. stick my hands into Dark Hole. Like, he wants to stick your hand into Dark Hole like that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Um... <laughs> I'm not saying he deserved what happens next, but still, it's like a shaggy dog jumps out, <laughs> and he just like immediately like locks. He starts attacking him and locks onto his arm. And this was eerie because it's like the torch goes flying, yeah. and then you you get this Rickon appears from the two. Like, oh my god! So like Rickon was hanging out there talking to <laughs> Ned, basically, right? Like, yeah, like <gasps> no one is keeping up with this kid. <laughs> No. And I'm assuming no. they just don't want to because of Shaggy Dog, probably. But still, <laughs> somebody needs to be keeping track of where the fuck he's at. It's like a four-year-old hanging out in a tomb in the dark. Like, you didn't have a torch, I don't think. Oh, like, oh. pretty far down. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So, yes, like, like oh. he probably just frequents the tombs Shaggy and probably Dog. has been for... Where's the light? <laughs> You know, we you know we know about like Brand's connection to Blood Raven and stuff, but mm-hmm. it does seem like you know Rickon is also part of this like whatever oh, mystical yeah. thing is happening. I yes. mean, like why? Like yeah. what's gonna happen with this? Why? Because that's exactly what Rickon now tells him. He says he had a dream last night, and you know yeah. it's like that's the kind of thing that would make like the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Like oh my god, I had the same. Well, so, it's like, like I mean, like is this is this Blood Raven with? With Rickon, we don't know. Or is it just, you know, this creepy... The green dreams or whatever. Green dream warging thing of mm. the Starks in oh, general. Oh, maybe it's the I warging. Mean, oh. Yeah. Oh. Who knows? I think it's more so that than Blood Raven. Um, Buck O'Hare on yeah. Discord actually asks, how much is Rickon tied to the Three-Eyed Crow here? Oh. And I don't really think... I don't feel like he is. I feel like it's more so... A green dream and not really blood raven blood raven interfering here which is is but my impression it would be you, cool if he was yeah you'd think if, he, if if rickon had seen the crow in his dream you'd think he would mention it actually because yeah. it tells you what else happened so. well and yeah. brand talks about yeah he tells that. you everything else yeah, yeah. Hmm. so he might be a warg andy you know and has green dreams and stuff like wow he's you know I mean, it's sort of like it makes you yeah. All of these Stark kids are wargs. We know that, and George has confirmed it. They all are. That is their mm, connection to their dire wolves cool. is because yeah. they're wargs. And then so, Rickon has this maybe extra, you know, which would be interesting again when he comes down on the, you know, the unicorn stuff. I'm just <laughs> well, assuming. that's it. I mean, if you think about, I mean, you know, everything about Rickon is that he is, you know, the wild part of the Starks, and he is completely wild. So. You kind of think about oh, what's his fucking name, Veramir, you know, who 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 learned to warg very young and just didn't believe in any of the rules about warding, you know, and oh, yeah. and morality really didn't come yeah. into warging with him. Um, and you kind of wonder if that's what's going to happen with Rick and Anna. I mean, look at even Bran, who's a little older and has a little better idea of morality, and he still has trouble navigating the morality. I mean, of warding, yeah. So. yeah, it'll be, you know, it's like, you know, Osha's a Osha's a hard ass, though. So, I mean, that's kind of the one thing that future Rickon might have in his favor is just that she is tough. True. And she's yeah. not going to take any, you know, she's not going to be afraid of him. She's not going to take a shit. 
And then it well, just gets, what I you love know, about OSHA is she has no problem believing the supernatural aspects oh, of no. anything. Yeah. Mad, I mean, girls, well, I mean, yeah, she's but, seen it. Yeah. yeah. Right. She's seen some shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. She has. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I never, I've never thought about Veramir because that was a really good point. I've never thought about Veramir and Rickon because it's at the beginning of Dance and you're supposed to think about John and Bran uh, yeah. with that Veramir chapter, but that. That is a really good point yeah. that that is what Rickon could become, I guess. Yeah, I mean, or you know, something about the fact akin to that. Four and has this kind of power. He can see fucking ghost dead Ned. Jeez. And clearly there's no question that he is a warg with Shaggy Dog literally like displaying his emotions all over the place. Um, yeah, who fucking knows? I mean, you know. I love Rick and I hope that he doesn't die like in the well, show or anything. And you know, if he does also get Davos, like if he God, it's like, isn't it bizarre to think that like we actually think that Rickon and Davos are gonna be like connected and, and we're gonna see hmm. da- and we're gonna Osha. see Rickon through Davos. Dream you know? team. Yeah, yeah, like how yeah. bizarre, you know. But I mean that's what you know, that's what we should think. We're gonna that's where we're gonna see Rick and Nick is next is from Davos, which is just so strange. I mean, unless George swerves with that, but yes. So, okay, so they all, okay, Bran's insisting. They try to get Rickon to, you know, leave, and they're trying to kind of get him. He's like, okay, he's not going to leave Shaggy Dog. Lewin doesn't want Shaggy Dog to run loose. And um, Osha points out that, like, Bran can make the call the shots, basically, so he gets overridden, and they... You know, he insists that they all go up together and wait for Ned. Um, you know, this idea of like, okay, well, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, when they reach the tower again, um, Lewin tries to con- convince Bran. He's trying to say, oh, you know, these shared dreams just coincidence. Um, I, and one thing I was like, kind of, I don't what, if I'm not. Re- I mean, he shows them the jar of shiny black arrowheads. Like after he points out, oh, you know, the what was the. I know they're introducing those, but I'm trying to figure out what exactly his point was because I know right before. Was he trying to distract them, knowing that they're little boys and would probably be into the arrowheads? I don't know. Yeah, because but can we back up a second and just say (laughs) how like like I'm a fucking agnostic. I'm just like too lazy to be an atheist. But if two little kids, like little kids, (laughs) came to me separately and told me they had the same goddamn dream, I'd be creeped the fuck out. (laughs) I mean, like, how do you just write that off? Which I mean, well, doesn't it say like he felt or he seemed uneasy at some like after Rickon says it or something like that? Where at some point in the chapter he does feel yeah, uneasy he kind of stares at him when it's when made he mentions, the he connection that like they both had the same dream. Yeah, he stared at him and well, but uneasy like, is not enough. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'd be like, call an exorcist. Can we get a priest in here? <laughs> oh, gosh, um. When he pulls out the jar of arrowheads, Osha immediately says it's dragonglass. Um, Lewin's like, it's obsidian. Um, he tells them, you know, they start to talk about the children of the forest um, that lived before the first men. And, you know, he's like, he, they forged a pact with the first men and they were given the coastlands, the high plains, the mountains, the bogs, basically everywhere except the deep woods. And the deep woods would remain forever with the children. Um, 4,000 years of friendship followed. Um, you know, I think 
at some point, OSHA breaks in here as like, because Bran's like, oh, well, you know, they're not around anymore in mid midway through the story. And she's like, oh, yeah, they are. And she's like, you know, north of the wall. Um, but, you know, he tells about how the Andals invaded and brought the seven-pointed star with their, go- you know, and their gods with them. And they burned most of the Weirwoods um, during hundreds of years of war and were killing children whenever they found them. And, for- and that's when they forced them to flee north. Um there's so much that's interesting here. I mean, we get a lot of backstory about the universe, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, just in Winterfell chapters in general. Um, but especially here. It's so interesting because it's like, it's hard to imagine a verbally past history, even if there was eventually a truce between the First Men and the Children of the Forest, that would be this generous to the Children of the Forest. So that's mm. really interesting. Yeah. But uh, what one of the things, I mean, in other, and by interesting, what I mean is, I don't know about that, George. But, yeah, last time, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Knowing how history tends to be written, um it it's it's interesting to imagine that the 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 side of the the children of the forest would be uh given representation that's this good. But um the the fascinating thing to me is that George George is telling you right here, hey, some people think this is what happened, but here you have OSHA who is directly countering, no, I know something that is exactly the opposite of this. OSHA basically implies she knows that there are children of the forest still alive as if she's seen them. Yeah. And it's just a very good indication of, of Georgia's storytelling style, which is um, you just really can't trust anything that one person says or that they think that they know or that they take for granted about the history of this world because they could be just really fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, we're talking about what, like five or six thousand years of history or not mm-hmm. five or six, like yeah, four or five thousand years of history. We think to ourselves in like an oral tradition of history, what do we have? I mean, I'm going to look at it, unfortunately, just through a Western lens. But I mean, we're talking about like maybe like like thirty two hundred years mm. of any, you know, of any kind of oral tradition. If we're thinking of like the bronze, you know, if we're thinking of it being the Bronze Age, basically. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, certainly that's what we're have at, some yeah. longer in in other in other societies in the world, but I think what five six thousand years is about. Yeah, as much as we have that's like really written anywhere, and so yeah, it's pretty impressive that without you know, without any other um, technology, eventual printing presses and stuff, they somehow yeah. managed to have this much information. I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those things you just have yeah. to accept. George. George plays pretty fast and loose with both the religion and the citadel um, aspects. It's kind of like, you know, far, far, far polars in his world that, that hold together Westeros. You have the Mm -hmm. the religious side on one side and you have the citadel and the maesters on the other. And the maesters are these big repositories of information. And, and, you know, the faith is the faith. Neither of them really work in ways that are really familiar in a real world analog. And so they're just kind of something you kind of have to take for granted. And George has tried to establish that the, the Citadel is full of histories and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. It, it stretches imagination and it makes it funny every time that he writes another book that is supposed to be a history. Cause I'm like, your histories are <laughs> established as, as just not plausible to me. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh and there's uh, you know, kind of midway through this, like, you know, trying to distract them with the story and, Suddenly, Summer begins to howl, and Shaggy Dog joins him, and Lewin is startled, and Dread clutches Bran's heart. I mean, this is so eerie. Um, he thinks to himself, he had wanted Meister Lewin to be right, 
But he had known since the dream. The howling stops, and the flutter of wings is heard in the window. The raven screams, and Rickon begins to cry. Mr. Lewin slowly rises and sees dried blood uh, when the raven hops on his arm. He sees there's dried blood on its wings, and he kind of, you know, he's wiping it off. Oh, it's, you know, maybe an owl tried to attack it, poor thing. And he takes the letter from its legs. Um, I'll read this part here, um, sort last bit. Um, Bran found himself shivering as the master unrolled the paper. What is it? He said, holding his brother all the harder. You know what it is, boy, Osha said, not unkindly. She put her hand on his head. Master Lewin looked up at him, at them numbly. A small gray man with blood on the sleeve of his gray wool robe and tears bright in his gray eyes. My lord, he said to the sons, in a voice gone hoarse and shrunken, we, we shall need to find a stone carver who knows his, who knew his likeness well. And then the chapter ends. So it's just, uh, just an overall. I, I, there's a moment there where Summer goes over to Shaggy Dog, and Summer and Shaggy Dog have had a fight in the crypts, like a, a bloody yeah. fight in the crypts. And Summer goes over to Shaggy Dog and starts licking Shaggy Dog's wounds that you know Summer himself inflicted, and that you just get this really feeling of of how the Starks kind of draw together, and you get that with Brandon and Rick in here, where it's like you know, well tragedy has befallen us so whatever we were just squabbling about we have to put it aside and it's it's kind of a nice heartwarming moment but at the same time this is just so bleak like what a terrible way to break the news to a four-year-old and a seven-year-old that their dad just died say we're gonna have to have we still find somebody need to find a really stone car what i know <laughs> well i suppose since they were just in the crypts though it's like the first you know the first thing he's thinking of. And I mean, it's like Lewin's boss yeah. too, you know, like he's, yes, he is. He loved him too. God, it's just horrible. Just, I mean, there's so little like four and seven. And then you have no fighters, basically not many. Um, oh, I mean, it's interesting that we and get both already every, knew. And were, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we basically get every, every one of the kids um, reactions to the news yeah. too. It's a big yeah. deal. And it feels dangerous, you know, it just feels like so, like, not just, you know, it's like your world shatters, your parent dies, but it feels like there's danger all around. Like, mm-hmm. It's not a good situation. Well, and you just get the feeling throughout this chapter, things are very tenuous in Winterfell. I mean, you know, here they're trying to protect themselves with these kids who are were not the best pick because Rob took the best pick with him of who remained, you know, I mean. You just Although, get the feeling yeah. that there's danger looming over Winterfell in, in every word of this chapter. You know, it's kind of interesting because each of the kids kind of gets protectors, though. Hmm. You know, John has, you know, John has Jor Mormon, he has Master Aemon, and obviously Rob has Cat, and these two have Oshan Lewin, and hmm. Arya's been given Yorin, and I mean, really, Sansa has the Hound, more or less, and, hmm. you know, all of them other than, you know, the Hound so far die you know like we end this with at least the thought that that okay there's some you know there's someone protecting each of these kids or they have you know some Mm. older person and you know that's you know the next two books like strip all that away i guess other than osha weirdly enough yeah yeah with rick and as far as we know yeah just i mean i mean what happened on game of thrones doesn't inspire confidence about osha although i think george said something about going a different way with her but oh i think he i think he said that he was like seeing it on screen he was making her in he was you know expanding her role good good. which you know probably is a bad thing for the (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) 
gosh. In the short term, maybe great. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so do we have any mail with this this episode? Um, yes, we do have a couple pieces of mail. Um, so I uh, already read one part of uh, Boko Hare from Discord, their question. Um, but the second part of the question was, what do you make of the pact between the children and the first men? And Chicky already um, spoke on it a little bit and kind of answered. Um, anybody else have anything with the uh, pact between the children and the first men? Not really. I don't know. I don't have a lot of thoughts about it other than that clearly <laughs> laid the foundation and George will use it however he wants. Yeah. <laughs> whatever works best for whatever he's trying to set up with like the wall falling and everything. Okay. Our um, next question. I'm Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord. Um, once Ned, Catelyn, and Rob were gone, what kept someone from killing Shaggy Dog? Especially since he's got a very young child who obviously can't and won't control him as his master. I mean, that uh, would be a pretty ballsy for someone, and I don't think Bran. I mean, right. Bran's the Lord, or he's yeah. you know well, even I now he's like the acting Lord. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think you really get the impression, and and Osha kind of plays into that here. Of even even Lewin can't Has completely contradict yeah. Bran yeah. when Bran wants something done at age seven, which in and of itself is terrifying. This seven-year-old. Yeah, you'd think there'd be some power. kind of like a regent concept where somebody has like a, a kind of overrule. <laughs> you would I think mean, it yeah. would be Lewin. It would be the master, yeah. you would think. I mean, best case scenario, yeah. you'd be like, oh, Rick and Shaggy Dog went to live up north oh, of the farm. <laughs> yeah. you know? I guarantee he's never not with Shaggy Dog. <laughs> like whenever Shaggy Dog goes and hunts, I wouldn't be surprised if Rickon is on his back. Yeah, to be <laughs> and like I think the thing with Shaggy Dog is that Rickon doesn't know what he's feeling is what it seems like, and so Shaggy Dog is channeling all of that and doesn't know, no. and so he lashes out because he doesn't know what else to do. Um, well, yeah, because he's four. I mean, I mean he's right? four. At the yeah. beginning of this and four now. I mean, like you know, kids that he's- age. Parents cannot articulate emotion like they just they have a really hard time getting out what they're even feeling. Yeah. And I thought, um, oh, speaking on the dire wolves that when they first like that summer won't go all the way into the crypts at first until he has to um, get Shaggy Dog off um, Lewin. I felt like that was um, brand. I mean, Brand already knows what's going to happen. And I think he's maybe subconsciously fit like because he doesn't feel like he doesn't want to go down but i think shaggy dog is like i mean not shaggy dog but summer is feeling like brand subconscious of like what what it means to go down here and see like um like confirmation of your father like there's nothing there at the time but that that's what he's feeling and he just doesn't really know it um that's kind of what that felt like i just thought about it when think about the dire wolves um and our last um from ancient octagon on reddit um, do you think the part of Bran's dream where Ned was sad, um, something to do with John, is an indication that Bran will later be one of the first characters to realize R plus L equals J through his visions? Yes. Who fucking knows? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it, makes, it makes sense. It could. And that is all the mail. Okay. Yeah. Any fun? I mean, I, I, okay, we, can we back up on that question? I no. think George probably intended to do that at the point that he wrote this book, but... Um, He's he's done such a poor job of drawing back everybody back together. Who knows who it will be that first really pins down R plus L equals J. It'll be some character we haven't even met yet. <laughs> God, I <have> <laughs> at, at this point. Oh, 
<laughs> well, <laughs> uh, you can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Submit questions to the chapter threads on the Jamie and Brand subreddit. Follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Um, like, review, and subscribe to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen, and support us on Patreon at Close the Door. And thanks everyone for chatting today. And I'm closing the door. Get out. <laughs>